0: Welcome to the Cash Flow Guys podcast. You know what time it is, boys and girls, and you know should you should know where you are. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cash Flow Guys podcast. And this week, guys, I want to talk to you about a situation that that took place, and there's a learning lesson that comes away from this. And I thought I would share it with those of you that are out there in the trenches trying to buy real estate, trying to get deals under contract. Doesn't matter whether you're a realtor, you're a wholesaler or you're uh, just a regular buyer looking to buy something in real estate, I think everybody's going to benefit. This is going to be a short episode, short story, but it's going to be a big learning point. And this is something I'm seeing a lot now. You don't see this as much in the big apartment space. And I'm talking primarily about how to lose a deal. It, it, There was a time it it was more commonplace, and the commercial side of things kind of made it taboo. And that prevented a lot of this happening. And what I'm talking about is retrading now there's in the small space in the residential market the one to you know four units and even some of the smaller uh, larger larger multi-units 5 to 20 to 30 units when you're dealing with more unsophisticated people there's the buyer is more I don't know what you say, how to say it, but more emotional, basically, is that they're they're not as sophisticated as the folks that are buying the big commercial properties in most cases, or for whatever reason they're just deciding to to stay with the smaller investments. There's nothing wrong with that. Heck, that's what I do. But when you're dealing with people, a lot of the people I deal with in the one to four unit category. They're kind of new they're usually newer investors that are that are the buyers in this case uh, there's some of us out there that are doing it more institutionally we're doing it on a larger scale um, but we're growing our portfolio right either way but what I'm talking specifically about is retrading and I want to tell you a short story about a listing that uh, that happened' this property uh that I sold is where I was a listing agent so we had the property on the market and we put it out. And obviously, you know, you put it on the market, you get multiple offers. It happens all the time. People say, oh, the market's going to crash. Well, whatever. I, I'm not seeing it because there's just so much demand down in Florida that everything that goes up for sale, if it's even remotely priced right, is going to sell, no doubt. And because of that, appraisals are backing it up and are supporting it in a lot of cases. And so what we had here was a house that is a new build, essentially. It's two years old or three years old. And the guy that that owned it, couldn't keep up with the construction loan and he got a certificate of occupancy. The house got finished, but he stopped paying his bills. So you can imagine what the next step was. Bank steps in, tries to work it out with the guy. It doesn't pan out. It goes into foreclosure. The rest is history. So now that he no longer owns the house. So the bank hires me to sell it because uh, the, their attorney referred their, their uh, foreclosure attorney mentioned me and I passed on that referral they want to get recoup their money, right? So I go ahead and list the property. And as I do, I get way more uh, good price for it, strong price, more than uh, most agents would get. That's what I do. And I'm not bragging. It's just reality because of the way I structure things and the way I set things up, I position my sellers to get top dollar. That said, when I represent the buyers, I also position them to get the best deal. But you have to go about that in an ethical way. And that's kind of what it's not really... a. I wouldn't say it's unethical what happened, but it's unfortunate what happened. That's for sure. If you want to talk about uns. So we get the property under contract with a cash buyer. Okay. So this is a cash buyer. Now, guys, if, you ever, if you've spent any time listening to me, one thing you know about is that I do not trust wholesalers because the nature of wholesaling to me brings forth a, a certain degree of uh, dishonesty. Or, you know, there are a lot of folks out there that are doing some pretty shady business that are wholesalers. Along those lines, there are a lot of ethical people doing it, doing it as honestly as they possibly can. But I just don't like to take part in business dealings where somebody's flat out being lied to or they're misrepresenting things. So I am very sensitive to people when we're listing a property and we're selling it or buying someone's buying cash. I want to make sure that I don't have one of these fly by night uh wholesalers, it's just throwing in a bogus cash offer, really doesn't have any money, plans on assigning the contract. So in this case, I look at the contract. It's a cash contract. There are no contingencies outside of inspections. Inspection period is seven days. The buyer produces a proof of funds, shows they have the money in the bank, and it's ready to go. Um, I do a little bit of research. Yep, I do research the buyers. I Google them. I check them out on Facebook, making sure they're real people, making sure they're not wholesalers or flippers or anything like that. Because we want to sell it. The bank wants to sell it if they can to an end buyer. All these banks like to get, make sure they get as close to retail as they can. So the winning bidder, uh, is cash, this cash offer. We go under contract, get in the inspection period. Everything's hunky dory. They obviously the, the, we made sure that the buyer had walked the property. They know what to expect. It's a two year old house or a three year old house rather. So yes, the guy didn't pay his bills and yes, he was a little dirty and the walls were dirty and it didn't have any floor coverings, but it needed a good cleaning and a paint job, so really needed about three to five thousand dollars worth of work total. Now there were some jet tubs in there that were cracked. Uh, you know those big old honking jet tubs, and no doubt those are expensive. But outside of the jet tubs, you're looking at about three to five k to make this a absolute brand new house, new electrical, new slab, big sitting on a an acre and a half of land, great piece of property. So we get this thing under contract, go into go into inspections, and then the the buyer's agent comes back and says. Oh, well, there's a problem with the air conditioner. It looks like it's on its last legs. And I was like, or a version of that. I was like, well, wait a minute. This is a new house. How could the air conditioner be having issues already? It's only three years old. There's no way. So I send an AC guy out there to take a look at it because lo and behold, it's under warranty. It's only three years old. So why not? So the AC company goes out there. They look at it and they find that since it had, the house had been sitting with the power off for about two years, freon had leaked out from a Schrader valve. Not a big deal. A deep defrost board had failed, probably because it was low on freon. And turned the power back on, it may have fried the defrost board. Who knows? Anyway, it's all under warranty. Get it all fixed up. They also found. So he sends over this this inspection report, right? And in the inspection report, it's like stupid stuff, like the the Grading is there's dirt missing up against the house. So it needs to be properly graded. Install one shovel full of dirt. It's like, Oh, come on. Seriously, a shovel full of dirt. Anyway, long story short, the buyer after getting this thing, we're under contract. And yes, we did get a good price on it, but there's plenty of meat on the bone for the buyer. They're going to walk into this deal with about $30,000 in instant equity. As soon as they do the repairs, they go ahead and ask for a credit for $5,000 due to their fear that the air conditioner could fail in the future. So, of course, I said, well, it's under warranty. So you really don't have to, it's a brand new air conditioner. And its I think it's a a train. It's not like a cheap one. It's like one of the top of the line AC systems that you can get. And again, it's three years old and under warranty. Had the AC guy go out there, give it his blessing. Everything's in great shape. It blows cold, no problems. Um, but they insist they want this $5,000 credit. Well, really what they wanted was they, they they wanted the the bank to pay for these jet tubs is what I think is probably going on. So I said to the agent, I said, are you sure you really want to do this? Because the bank is not, they're not your typical bank. So I'm not calling Wall Street when I go pitch your stuff. I'm talking to real folks that make a decision. There's a small board of directors that makes decisions on this. And you're going to have to give me a really compelling reason to sell this because I don't have anything for you. I mean, because it kind of seems petty. You're buying it you're getting a great deal of meat on the bone. And now you're going in and trying to short them another five grand. That's not going to be received well. And I wouldn't be surprised if they said no. Nonetheless, I'll pitch it anyway for you. But I'm here to tell you, they're probably going to say no. So are you willing, ask your buyer, are you willing to blow this deal over five grand? You said you would pay what you said you're going to pay, which by the way, is a, that would have been a great deal for them. Are you sure you want to lose this deal? And the agent is a young guy; he's new. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He will just you know, go ahead and pitch it. Well, I can't get the, an answer back from the bank instantly because they're a bank, right? They're a company. It takes them a couple days. So, I, you know, he'd said, well, I'm gonna if we don't get an answer back by close of business Friday, and of course, we're we didn't we didn't. Then I'm gonna send over a release and cancellation to contract just to protect my buyer's earnest money. I said that's a great idea because frankly, I would do the same thing. You want to make sure. As a realtor, you protect your buyers' earnest money. That's the beauty, guys, of dealing with a realtor over dealing with a wholesaler. Wholesalers play this non-refundable uh, deposit crap, and then they're, they're just going to take your money. Is really what it, what it boils down to. Uh, but when you work with a realtor, usually you don't have to run into that, unless your realtor is a wholesaler, which is a little, I feels a little unethical. But that's the story for another day. So, long story short, I talked to the over the weekend. I've got we got the release of cancellation of contract. The sellers haven't signed it yet, of course. And over the weekend, somebody saw it pending and reached out and said, Hey, we'd like to put in a backup offer on this thing. Great. So I said, go ahead. You know, we could, we'll take a backup offer and we'll present it. So I present the backup offer, which by the way is considerably higher than the other offer that's on the table. And I go ask the bank, Hey, they want a $5,000 knockoff the price. Oh, and by the way, here's an offer came in over the weekend. (laughs) for you to consider. What do you think the bank said? The bank said, cool. We'll sign the release and cancellation. They signed the release and cancellation, had me send it back to the buyer's agent. Well, Mr. Buyer, now you've lost the deal and all that equity is out the window because you're trying to be greedy. That's what, when we talk about, you hear people talk about retrading, that's the kind of retrading example, which is why it's so frowned upon in the commercial side of things, in the commercial industry. And I agree with that logic. Don't try to use retrading as a way to negotiate a better price grow the stones to negotiate a good price up front now if something had popped up that was material like oh my god the house is sitting on a sinkhole or there was a fire and it burned to the ground sure then come in and ask for a price reduction that would be logical. but don't try to nickel dime the sellers using retrade as your method of doing it that just simply isn't going to fly uh, it doesn't fly in the residential side unless the listing agent's weak, which you can imagine I am not. Um, if the listing agent's weak, you might get away with that, but you're also not going to have a great reputation. Uh, and if you're a realtor and you're the buyer's agent and you get a reputation for being this kind of guy or this kind of girl, you're going to have a tough time getting your offers accepted moving on because real estate industry – Maybe a large industry, but it's a very small world and you will get known as being that guy or that girl. And it's going to be tough for you in your career. If you're a buyer and you're going to buy more than one property and you get the reputation of somebody that says one thing, does another. Well, then you're going to have a tough time being allowed to buy anything because people talk and, and this is how, you know, rumors start and you're going to get kind of blackballed out of buying anything. So guys, when you're looking to get a great deal, don't, if it's five grand, negotiate for that five grand, but don't try to come in the back door and snake that five grand off the seller. Because in a case like this, this dude, this, this, uh, husband and wife, they lost the deal altogether and that cost them a ton of money. Now I guarantee you, they're not going to be able to replace that house anywhere near that deal. So they literally walked away from a once in a lifetime opportunity because they tried to be greedy over a measly $5,000. And guys, don't get caught up in this stuff. This is going to get you caught short every single time. I hope you find some value in that. I hope you apply what you learned today. And I will catch up with you guys next week. Have a great one. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.